money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Well, awesome, because this is the show where we talk about the hard issues of money. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you're a long-time listener, welcome. Uh, as you know, we always uh, we are um, committed to, I don't know if committed is the right word, but sure, committed to just having a conversation around the hard issues of, uh, of money. That's what this podcast is all about, is just digging into scripture, digging into the conversation, having guests and 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 people that uh, that are much smarter than us and can <laughs> input and and give us a different perspective, maybe. And and so we love your feedback. Uh, feel free to reach out. Info at more than enough uh, anytime. That's the email address, or look us up on the web at morethanenough.ca and and reach out and just say, hey, had a question about this uh, conversation you're having, um, and and let's engage in the conver- uh, in in the dialogue. So today's show. Uh, pretty exciting. You, it's just you, Reb and I. Yeah. Do you even know what we're talking about? I do know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, you know, something about showing up, being here, uh, you know. Uh, so today's show um, is uh, comes out of a question that was mm-hmm. a really great question um, that we don't get asked a lot, but um, we do talk about it quite a bit. So if you okay, I'm gonna bring my mention my book again. If yes. if you've read the book I just authored called Cultivating Trust, the last one of the last paragraphs is called, called Together, and it's my favorite, probably one of my favorite chapters, chapters in the yeah. book, at least in this season, because it really when I was writing it, it just I could feel my own passion mm. coming out, and I didn't even realize that I was passionate about encouraging others to talk about money. That we want to encourage safe community. We 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 want to talk about money in in community with other people, and it's hard mm. because mm-hmm. often money is the thing that we hide if we're struggling with it. If we've been in the church a long time, there can sometimes be shame, embarrassment. You know, maybe we're not. Uh, tithing or giving we talked about tithing last week you can go back and listen to that you know maybe we're we're just we're doing it out of duty or we're not doing it at all so there's this whole guilt thing and if we're not giving then god's not blessing us and you can go back and listen to what we said about that last week you know um just reminder god's not a slot machine and he loves each of us for where we are at today so I just hope that that shame can fall off of us, mm-hmm. um, but that we can bring out into the open our struggle and not receive judgment from others. So that's what that chapter in the book is a little bit about, but it's also what we want to talk about, which came out of this question, how do you walk with people or help people who are in financial crisis? So let's say you're you're doing fairly well financially, you know, you as listeners, um, but you have a son, a brother, an aunt, a, a grandfather, whatever, a neighbor, a, a neighbor, and they're just struggling financially. Mm. They're making some unwise choices and it's bothering you. Um, but not even bothering 
you know, I don't know how you're feeling about it, but how do we walk with people? And we're using that word intentionally. Um, we, how do we walk with people? How do we um, maybe intervene? How do we get them help? And that's the question we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. And Dave and I came up with some thoughts mm. um, because this is what we do at More Than Enough, not just in coaching, uh, but yes, in coaching, but David and Renata and our mor- mortgage team um, have conversations with people all the time. Mm. We have people that do cry on the phone mm-hmm. um, because they're just at their wits end. Sometimes we're their last stop at More Than Enough. And, and Dave and I sometimes wish they'd come a little bit earlier. So if you're struggling financially, don't wait till it gets um, so bad that 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 the answers are harder to find. Mm. But we're going to talk a little bit about that today and um, how do we show up mm-hmm. for people? And that's the question we want to talk about this morning. But I forgot the scripture. I, w- I was just going to say. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you're going to read a scripture yes. from. Uh, so we're going to use Matthew 18, verse 15 to 20. And it says this. Now, I want to give context. This is talking about someone who's in sin. Mm. And Dave, you have an opinion about debt. Well, I, I, you know, I laugh because, uh, again, for those of you who are longtime listeners, you'll know that Reb doesn't always pick the verse that maybe relates to finances. But and, this and does. We, this uh, conversation. Absolutely does. But the context of this verse is, is that if we look at it finances, we could sit in judgment. And, and we want to put that right up front and yeah. say, well, wait a minute. We're not talking about you looking across, um, you know, the way, the table, whatever it is, and saying, oh, man. Well, they made their bed, so they're going to lie in it. Uh, and you come at this situation where you see someone in, in financial distress, and in a sense, you ask yourself the question, and, and I want to, you know, maybe out of compassion, I'm hoping that you are asking the question out of compassion to say, okay, so well, they're in trouble, so how do I you know, what do we do? How do we respond to this? What, like, these are the questions. And, and often as a couple, you know, sometimes that's our kids. We see our kids and we're going, boy, they're making decisions that when we look from the outside, we're kind of going, oh, that's going to hurt. Um, you know, and what do we do as parents? You know, do we run in and rescue? Do we like, I think you can kind of see that if, if, if you've been in this situation, you don't have to be a parent, but, but you see somebody in distress and you're like, out of compassion, I want to help, but I have. I, I, do I jump in? Do I not jump in? And there's and, there's a book called "When Helping Hurts." I mean, from the in the charitable world, there's there's you know how do we help uh, on a global? I know, um, and I know we. You know, t- this is a question. Well, we say all the time: the greatest commandments are love God and love others. So, in our loving God, God says, "Okay, well, love others and love your neighbor as yourself." Great. And use well, money to do it. Well, and then what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And how do we show up in compassion and humility and not judgment? Because sometimes speaking from my own experience in the past, I've come into situations where I'm like, well, I just need to fix this. They're not really following the Lord. I make a judgment on their relationship with the Lord for one. And then I make a judgment on their behavior, mm-hmm. which isn't what God's asking me to do. He's asking me to love them as I love myself. So what does that look like? And 
And we're just going to go through a few points that we really think are important that we do show up with mm-hmm. compassion and humility. But in this scripture verse, because we seem to not be getting there, <laughs> um, Matthew 18, the context is if your brother or s- sister is in sin, that you go and you point out their fault between the two of you. So you go have a visit and say, you know, in, in this case, um, their debt, their struggle isn't necessarily a result of them sinning. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there is some deeper heart issues that God has to work on, but you can't call that out. Um, that that comes up with a, uh, a point we're going to make in a few minutes. Sometimes a good question is all you have to ask to... Uh, to get to some mm-hmm. deeper issues, but we're not coming in to judge them. We're not coming in to say, well, you're not doing it the right way. As we talked about last week, we're not coming in to say, well, you're not tithing. Therefore, God's not blessing you. But that stuff, we only know in part, God sees a bigger picture. And we need to understand that we come in humility before God and before others. So we come in with compassion. We're concerned. And the scripture says, if they listen to you, what you've won them over. But if they won't listen, Take two or three along so that every matter can be established by a testimony of witnesses. If they still refuse, then you go to the greater body, according to this uh, verse, to the church. And if they refuse to the listen, uh, listen, then you treat them as a pagan or a tax collector. This phrase is also very interesting because if we do that, what does that mean? Our pastor years ago when we attended our community church, spoke. I'll never forget it. Pastor Bruce North spoke this, and this is the one sermon uh, of a few I remember him speaking that stuck with me. And he says, well, what does it mean to treat someone a pagan or a tax collector in context of loving God and loving others? Well, that we still love them that we're still extending love in the ways that we are able to them. And, 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 you know, I'll kind of jump on that because this really, in a sense was, was revolutionary because again, my interpretation of that scripture was, well, you do what everybody else does with a pagan and a tax collector in the, looking at it from a Jewish perspective, you ostracize them, you, you know, throw fruit at them. You know, they were, I don't know if they threw fruit well, at they were the, the tax collectors were the worst of the worst. I okay. mean, they were the worst of the worst and, and the pagans, well, they were outside the camp, right? But what did Jesus do? I know. You just have to look at how he treated Matthew. What did Jesus do? Jesus said, wait a minute, you know, the tax collector, I'm bringing him into the 12. He's he's one of my main men, right? Uh, the, the pagan, I mean, again, Jesus reached out in so many different ways in his experience. Yes, he knew his calling was to the Jewish nation, but how many times did he say, and guess what? It's not just for the Jews, but that it's for everybody. And so when when we talk about, okay, so how did Jesus treat the pagan and the tax collector? With compassion, with love with um you know truth truth oh absolutely right i mean he he said and to the to to um Zacchaeus hey don't cheat like don't cheat anymore don't like you're still a tax collector but you you need to be an honest tax collector you need to do your job in a way that honors the lord and and you know 
So, well, and, and that these verses are interesting in that way. So you may not agree with us in that interpretation of what a Matthew has written, but it is interesting that it's Matthew who's penned that, those verses <laughs> it um, is very because interesting. he was the tax collector. So yeah, that, that pr- teaching uh, years ago changed David and my perspective on how we treat people. Um, because I, as I say in the book, I'm a recovering judgmentalist. Um, so that, that is my, I just humbly come before God. I know my propensity to judge people. So when we talk, when we see a financial story in someone's life, we're moved with compassion, humility. We encourage you not to go in for a rescue. You're going in to talk to them about it. And a few months ago, maybe it was last year or two years ago, we actually, um, had uh, a coach who is one of our mentor coaches in this from the states he on the radio show and i'm gonna try to remember to link those in our um podcast Special. notes today because they're really good and he believes that if the church learns to ask good questions instead of giving advice so we may feel like well we're their friend we have our finances in order we're just going to give all this good advice which i have done half of my life. I'm good European stock. I, I I know the right way to do things, right? You know, not necessarily. I don't know because I only see in part. We don't know what's happening in the hearts of people. So we come in and we want to ask some good questions. And you know, how are you doing? Well, I, I noticed you seem to be struggling. You're a little cast down. Is, is there something going on? You know, I, I noticed that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, but I'm a little hesitant to say it. I noticed you guys got a new boat and a new truck and I thought your husband was laid off. So how do you broach those things? You ask those questions in humility with compassion. And honestly, you might get sideswiped. They might not like the question. There are people who will just get defensive. I'd get defensive because they're probably already feeling guilty or downtrodden. So we have to really go with our relationship with the Lord. Sometimes we may think it's our job to go in and point it out. And the Lord is saying, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Listen to that still small voice. Stop before, you know, we didn't write that in our notes, but maybe we should stop and pray before we go and talk to somebody and really listen if now is the time. Well, and, and you know, 100%. I mean, as you're talking, Rev, I, I was just thinking, you know, like often we go in and maybe that's just my my male Dutch uh, solving personality where, you know, again, I can say that because I'm male and Dutch <laughs> and go, oh, yeah, I see the solution. And if you just do this this way, uh-huh. then guess what? And, uh, you know, early on in our marriage, and this doesn't really relate to finances, but early on in our marriage, um, you know, I had to learn that. Wait a minute. When when Reb, uh, you know, is distressed or she's, um, you know, she's not always looking for me to solve the problem. Sometimes she's just looking for me to to um, sit next to her, to listen to her, and and often, uh, you know, what I find uh, as well in that is as I sit and listen, and as we then say, you know what, uh, let's let's. Let's just ask the Lord what this is going on. Whether you do that in the context of that conversation or whether you come away and, and you say, okay, Lord, so what do I do now? Like what, you know, I, I've, sometimes there is something that the Lord wants you to do. 
And sometimes the Lord just says, hey, I want you to to sit tight. Uh, I'm reminded of the story of David. And, and, you know, David is being chased by Saul and he's living with the Philistines. And, you know, he, he's being righteous in the sense of he won't put his hand against the king that God has established. And he's doing his thing. They go out and then they come back from the war and all of their families have been taken away by an enemy. And, and you know, his guys are ready to... to to beat him up. They're ready to, to kill him. And he's in distress and he goes to the Lord and he goes, okay, Lord, what do we do? And so often uh, when we see somebody in distress, we, you know, just coming away for a moment, just coming away for a period of time and asking the Lord and saying, Lord, what is it that, you know, role do I play in this situation? You know, and, uh, and, and really laying that out. Again, I'm going to just reference a whole bunch of scripture and stories because there's so much that we can say. You know, we have the parable of the, the man who is in the ditch and we call that the good Samaritan and the good Samaritan comes. Well, you know, Lord, do I, as I walk along the road and I see my neighbor in distress, then what, what do I do? Do, do I put my agenda aside? To pick him up? Do I put my money uh, into that just like the good Samaritan did? Well, Jesus alludes to the fact that that's a way that we love the neighbor. And, and in Matthew 18, if you go back to Matthew 18, there, there's a couple key phrases, right? So one is, is that, you know, it says in verse 15 that the whole point of, of coming to the person alone is so that you can you can help them so that you can win them over, as our translation says, win them over. And and so, you know, you're bringing them back to the presence of God and saying, listen, if you're doing something that's leading you away from the presence of God, my heart of compassion is to, to say, you know, come on back, right? And then, of course, if you jump down to verse 18 and 19 and 20, which Reb didn't read, I mean, he is talking about, you know, these same things. What do you do with a, a, a pagan and a tax collector? And then he's saying, whatever you loose in heaven, you'll loose on earth. Well, if you loose compassion, if you loose love, isn't that what we're called to do as followers of Christ is to love our neighbor as ourself? And so, you know, I want to loose as much love <laughs> as I possibly can. And sure, I want to do money. I, I'm going to have to use money. I'm going to have to use time. I'm going to have to use the resources that God has given me to loose love here on earth as it is in heaven. And it's, you know, it's not that easy. There's a whole bunch of but, things and, that happen and there. This, you know, I even listened to us, you know, even we just had uh, that conversation last week with, mm -hmm. with Ray about tithing. And I'm like, well, there, you know, what we so often do on this show is create the conversation and we don't have a hard and fast black and white. These are the rules. This is what you do. We, we take what Matthew wrote and say, here's a framework for how to approach somebody. And we've actually read it. You know, Gail Vazoxlead has a book called Let's Talk Money. I think it's called that. I can't remember. It's on our bookshelf. It's actually a, like a hundred scenarios of how to go and talk to people who, who you know are struggling with money, how to create the financial conversations when it's hard. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I heard um, uh, my girlfriend do with their family, and it wasn't a financial issue, it was a health issue with their mom. And some, some really dysfunctional things were happening. And they knew that if she stayed on her medication, that, that it would be better. Mm -hmm. So they went as a family and said, mom, this is what's happening. You don't see it, but this is what's happening. And this is how it's affecting all of us. Mm -hmm. And she actually did listen to them. 
they she was won over and now they she stays on her medication whether she thinks she should or not she just does it for what she heard the family say and sometimes that's a really it works that way Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can go to someone with a financial issue and say this is what we see happening in your life and we're so concerned and they there will be some listing but even then well what do you do is there a job loss you know you can't go in for the rescue and always give money write a check Mm -hmm. you know there's a tendency then for people to become enabled. You know, there's that tendency. Sometimes we've seen parents with young kids who are just providing all this money, but they're really annoyed that they're using their retirement money to help their kid. And then we say, well, just say no. And that's really hard for a parent to do. But the child isn't really owning, you know, you don't want your kid to be homeless. So you know, there no scenario is it has has this is what you do in this scenario. This is what you do in another. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where your walk with the Lord, like stopping and listening to the Lord, coming with compassion and humility, saying we don't quite know what your answer is, but then reaching out because the one thing we then talk about, well, there are other people who maybe have some wisdom that you're not aware of. So you know, we're a coaching company. Sometimes parents or friends have called us and mm-hmm. said, "Can you?" you help this this neighbor they'll come with the neighbor to sit down with dave so you can even go with the person to the financial advisor maybe your neighbor doesn't want to do it alone so you call the pastor and maybe there's a pastor that can help a financial advisor someone in your small group who you know has a bit of wisdom you know in, in finances you know we're not saying it has to be more than enough but then you reach out beyond yourself so it's not on you you become the person that walks with them without becoming the problem solver for them and damaging your relationship well and I and I think a little bit again I I don't think I, I'm stretching the the verses here in Matthew at all where basically Matthew is kind of saying, listen, to to help restore somebody to a place of health in their relationship with God, specifically where Matthew's talking about, but also in our financial relationship, it it actually might take community. So you go and you go, hey, let's, you know, I'm coming alongside. And then, and then, you know, sometimes we take all of that responsibility on ourselves and I'm the only one who can help, or I'm the only one. And, and I think what Matthew's kind of alluding to, and again, I, maybe I'm stretching a bit, give me a little grace for that, but but the idea that, no, you know what, there is a body, and this is the beautiful thing about the body of Christ, but there's a body of, of people, a community around people that you might have to, to say, listen, you know, hey, I see this person in distress, uh, I'm going to go back to the Good Samaritan story, you know, hey, what does he do? He brings them to the hotel says, here's some money, take care of him. And then he goes about his way. He leaves, and, and, and there's some community there that happens where the, mm-hmm. the, the, the hotel owner or whatever now takes up responsibility to help. And then there, and then there, and then there, and we don't know the rest of the story. But I, but I think so often we think we are the only ones who, and maybe I'm just speaking for no, me. And I, <laughs> I think like- I'm the only one that can solve all this problem. It's me and Jesus fixing you. And that is absolutely not the MO of God. God loves to bring the community in so the entire community can experience the presence of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, again, all of these situations, but just the community of 
people coming alongside and, and restoring someone back to a state of health, whether that's financial health or whether that's health in, in the relationship with God, as, as Matthew's talking about. You know, there's so many, there's a couple of thoughts that are like flashing in my head. You know, what is our motivation mm. for walking with people? You know, Dave and I were talking, do we really use the word that Jesus came along and helped people? Well, I guess helping, I, that's such a weak word for what Jesus did. He walked with people. He offered relationship of himself to them. He came in and healed them. He spoke truth to them. He, he you know, I, I was thinking of, um, uh, you know, the rich young ruler. He loved him. He said, this is the way, walk in it, do this. And, and he didn't do it. He chose not to. Sometimes the folks that we walk with, we come with love. We come with compassion. We show up. Mm. In a way that that we're doing our best, and it may not be perceived that way. Someone may perceive us because you know we've written the book on everything we've talked about. Sometimes we showed up well. Mm. Sometimes we come up problem solving with our great. You know we're right. Sometimes I've showed up with my judgments, and sometimes I've showed up. Well, why am I actually wanting them to see? Is it because I want to see them restored? You said that in their relationship with the Lord. Is it because I want restoration from them that I want to see them well and blessed and living in health and um, uh, communion with the Lord and with the community? Is that why I'm coming? Or do I just want to point out to them they're not, they're not doing money the right way? Mm-hmm. And there are very different reasons. So, you know, um, as we had a phrase a long time ago, check your heart, check your motivation. <laughs> yep. You know, that's part of of wh- when you come, because when you come, it can be hard because it might cost you time. It might cost you money. It may talk, t- you know, um, maybe some frustrations because you do have to swallow some of the things you, you think are the right way to do things. And you have to show up with questions instead of advice. And and so, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys get anything out of this. but <laughs> Well, um, I, I want to share I want to share kind of our own personal story in terms of the unique story and how, in a sense, this has come alive to me recently in the last couple of years. So, I mean, we we the Lord planted in you and I the this desire this this for this project and i won't get into specifics of the project but you and i and so you and i took hold of that and then we said okay well we'll see what the lord does and then all of a sudden things started to move and they were things that that kind of came at us and and you and i remember sitting you know kind of going okay we're committing so we're committing (laughs) some money we're committing some time like it looks like this has life on it and then somewhere along the line, you shared the vision with a small group of people and, and one person in that group picked it up and started to encourage and they were working their kind of network and all of a sudden they were raising funds and we're like, okay, so now our financial responsibility, which we were happy to kind of go all the way with, that burden became less. That, that actually right. burden be, was lessened yes. on us. Yes. And then that turned into actually people coming and getting involved and actually helping in in practical ways. And so over the, the course of about six or seven months, this project actually happened. And and it started with us kind of like the Good Samaritan where we looked at it and we said, well, there's a need there. We have the resources, like we'll commit to it. 
And then God began to bring the two and the three, and then the community, well, and, and then, then the project happened. And and then, you know, it's still happening. We're still seeing well, all there, this the ripple effects. I know, mm. I was just saying, the ripple effects of, of just this thought, like, oh, there's this project we want to do in our community. What's going to happen? And we don't have the cash flow. And then it just turned into something, a life of its own. So when you come to the Lord and say, you know, I want to walk with this family. I'm so concerned, Lord, what do I do? And we come in prayer. Like that's the first thing we're doing is when we see trouble, we're burdened. We take those burdens in prayer to the Lord. We ask for direction. Give us guidance. Do I share this burden with another? Sometimes we get calls to the office. What do we do? Our daughter is in trouble. Our, you know, so that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. There's this, you know, this, yeah, I can't, no, you pray. pray. I can't. Oh, yeah? I've lost the words. You pray. <laughs> well, Lord, we do thank you. As we come to the end of this podcast, there's just so much that we know uh, in the in the world around us where there's opportunities just simply to share your love in practical and real ways. And so, Lord, as we intersect with those, I just pray that you'd give divine creativity and unity among your body to see your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, what a gift that is to be able to to just see you do that. Amen. That was great. Awesome. I know I lost all my words at the end because I had about 50 <laughs> thoughts in my head. Well, join us next week when we hear the rest of Reb's 50 thoughts and talk money as well. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.